0: Don't, don't hesitate if he is calling you to something, um, step into that. Even if you don't know what, what it will look like, um, you are never, uh, you, you never are, um, you're never wasting your time growing, uh, into the person that he has, uh, has called you to be. Don't separate those things out. Re- recognize that whatever he is developing you into is for him. It is for Him and for His mission. And so don't feel like you have to live in two different boxes. Your spiritual formation and your growth in your professional life or in, in whatever you're doing, it's all one and the same. Welcome
1: to the Women in Work podcast, the show that inspires you to confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. I'm Courtney Moore usually I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Missy Branch, but for this season of the podcast, I'm going solo. For the next several weeks, you'll hear from the contributing authors of our forthcoming book with B&H Publishing, entitled, Women in Work, Bearing God's Image and Joining in His Mission Through Our Work. Our team prays these conversations are not only encouraging and inspiring, but will also give you a good preview of the book itself as we chat about each chapter throughout the season. You'll also love getting to know our amazing contributing authors whose chapters I had the privilege of editing. Pre-order your copy of Women in Work at the link in the show notes and thank you for joining our mission here at Women in Work by making a one-time donation or by becoming a monthly partner at womenwork.net slash donate. Thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the show, everyone. We are so excited to have on our final contributing author to our book, Women in Work, Bearing God's Image and Joining in His Mission Through Our Work. We have with us today, Amy Whitfield. Now, Amy Whitfield is no stranger to Women in Work. She's been around since the beginning, and um, we are pleased to have her back today. But let me share with you a little bit about who she is. Amy is the executive director of communications at the Summit Church in Raleigh Durham, North Carolina. Prior to that, she served in various roles within the Southern Baptist Convention for 20 years. Wow, Amy. She co-authored old. <laughs> It's so weird to hear those numbers, right? She co-authored the book SBC FAQs, A Ready Reference. And she's the co-host of the podcast SBC This Week. In 2019, she helped launch the SBC Women's Leadership Network, and she serves now, this is kind of news for our, yeah. our people, she actually yeah. serves now as Chairwoman of the Board of Directors for Women and Work. So we're pleased about that. Yeah. Amy and her husband, Keith, have two children, and they live in Wake Forest, North Carolina. So that's right. right. Welcome back to the show. This is not your first go around.
0: That's right. That's right. This is fun, though, getting to talk about the book. So, it's so fun, right? Yeah. yeah. And so,
1: you came on really close to the beginning, uh, episode mm-hmm. 13. We chatted with you, Missy and I did. And that's right. Um, so, super pleased to have you back to chat about this uh, chapter. And so, I was trying to remember, I feel like we talked about this before, but how exactly we first connected back in 2018. If someone yeah, gave me I- your name,
0: Yeah, I think, I think it was just when you were getting ready for the event, there was an event at the SBC in 2018 and somehow we just, uh, I I, 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 I want to trace it back to uh, Jill Wagner. I'm going to, I'm going to put it on her. (laughs) Way to go, Jill. Uh, yeah. And the rest is history. So that was five years ago and, uh, I got to be a part of that, the panel that year um at the SBC in Dallas with um who else was on there Kelly King and um Lauren Green McAfee right. Lauren Green McAfee so, Wiley was a right. panelist that's yes right. that yeah. was our
1: va- that was our actually the launch of this entire ministry that's uh, right. i was scared to death i had no idea if this was going to be you know a uh, uh, a flip or flop as they say and um so grateful that you've been here from the beginning and um now to really step into this new leadership role of here at Women in Work um as leading our board of directors. And so that's right. So Love you. Well, love that you're here. Oh yeah. <laughs> I
0: love I love everything about Women in Work and getting to contribute to this uh book was great too because the passion behind it uh that you have really spearheaded has been incredible. So oh, thank you I love so it. much. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Okay, so since we have already asked you on episode 13, That's right, we all know all about what you wanted to be when you grew up and mm-hmm. what, you, what your first job was. I'm going to ask you some new questions. Okay. Um, and so you can talk as little or as long. Some of these are a little, maybe longer than uh, rapid fire. So, Amy, what aspect of your work is bringing you the most joy lately?
0: Mm, okay, uh, I think that I would say um, really the relationships – that I've been building with my coworkers. And uh, I just, I love the team that I am a part of. I absolutely um, just, it, it is such a great joy to be with the staff at the Summit Church. And I have developed so many relationships. I've been there about a year and a half now, but, um, but I, I just enjoy going and being with them every day and have so many people that I respect. And there is truly something special in the work that we do that um, it is probably the most prayerful team I've Hmm. ever been a part of. And that's not to knock other teams because prayer has been an important aspect of work everywhere, but just the way that it flows into the meetings that we have, the things that we do together, it's kind of the uh, one of the staff values that we have is we pray first, second and third. And so just to that, 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 that dependence um, on the Lord is something that everybody is doing together. It's been incredibly meaningful to me. Oh. So honestly, it it really is the team I'm a part of that brings me the most joy.
1: That is such a blessing because, yeah. you know, we talk to a lot of women doing a lot of work and I know who you work with, it can really make or break your yep. everyday experience. And so, man, I love yeah. what a testimony to your church too, that, you know, that you guys are, are bringing on talent, as they, as they mm-hmm. say, I don't know yeah. if that's the correct word for church staff, but bringing on great people, people yeah, yeah that, that love the people. Lord and depend mm-hmm. on. That's right. All right. So if you had to look back over the last 12 months, Amy, this might mm-hmm. be a big one. What do you think is the biggest lesson you've learned that
0: the Lord's been teaching you? Um, I think the biggest lesson that I have learned in the last year has definitely been, um, I've been brought to a place where I've had to kind of re acknowledge in my own soul, just the importance of dependence on him. And also just recognizing how important my own personal spiritual life, discipleship, um, just emotional health, all of those things, um, wrapped up. And when I say that, even how emotional health is connected to my relationship with the, the Lord, um, how connected that is to the work that hmm. that I I do. Um, I can often get so into the tasks and so into yeah. the things that are in front of me that I just go 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 go. And um, and the last year through, I think both some really good things and some really hard things. You know, I, I think the Lord's brought me to a place in some areas where I have needed Him so much, um, and then also has shown me the joy. Uh, that comes when I am spending more time building that uh, relationship. So, so yeah, that's been a huge lesson.
1: I feel like that's basically what your chapter is about too. All
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're kind of living
1: and I've heard you share this before. Like, You'll speak on a topic and then like the Lord will like do that in your life. Um, Or no doubt he's already been working on you in this way. No,
0: But but it's like whenever I agree to talk about something or write about something, that's when the Lord's like, uh, I think you need to learn this before you can share about it. And I definitely can see kind of an arc over the last year where that's uh, been brought in front of me. Sounds hard, but good, which is basically the Christian life. Yeah.
1: All right, so as you look forward to the next 12 months, what's something that you're planning on doing or that you hope to do that you have never done before?
0: Oh, I I, I can definitely say this, which is, it's more in, I guess, my home life, but it's going to affect everything that we are, uh, we're going to be empty nesters in the fall. So, oh my goodness. um, just, uh, pa- parenting adult children or parenting college age children is, uh, is something new that's coming. Uh, we have a daughter who's a freshman, um, in college. And then our son will be a freshman in college wow. in, in the fall. So it's been very strange to look at the year and think about, so, you know, what's ahead and to realize that like six months from now, it's, it's us and the dogs in the house. And it's, and also our relationship with the children is about, it is more about helping yeah. them to begin standing on their own two feet to begin making making good decisions it's it's a discipleship um yeah. you know re- relationship so that's that's definitely a new oh. a new thing so has such a shift now are they going to college semi-close to you guys or is it far away so our daughter is actually here in Wake Forest. She's okay. at the college at Southeastern. So she's a couple of blocks away from oh, our house, good. but she lives in the dorm and she has, you know, her classes and she has um, her her job and relationships. So we may go a few days uh, without seeing her and then we get, you know, we grab grab a meal or she comes by the house. So it's, that's a really nice nice blend so she's here but we we are beginning to kind of establish our own routines our son is still looking i think he's definitely going to stay in the state but for sh- you know where he's going to be i'm not sure i think he'll be at least an hour and a half away so
1: i was actually just thinking about this because my oldest is in middle school and that's yeah. been a transition too from i'm oh, realizing yeah. oh my goodness he's not a little boy anymore like that's he's right. he's growing up and i was thinking oh my goodness what is it going to be like when I don't talk to him every day, or right. you know, just the things that you like. Right now, it's like you know, I'm still packing his lunch, and I'm like, "What is this kid going to eat?" Like, like to even not know yeah. these details are like, "Oh my god, I guess they're going to be able to feed themselves." And that's right. I mean, it's just yeah, very. What a different season you're about to be in too.
0: Right. Wow. Right. So that's that's what 2023 looks like for us Whew. here.
1: So. Wow. Okay. So now, how long, Amy? You guys have been in North Carolina how long? And like, what what even took you there?
0: Uh, So it will be 11 years this summer. We came in 2012. Uh, At the time, we were living in Nashville, um, and uh, I was working at Lifeway, and Keith was um, teaching at a college there just uh, south of Nashville, and then we were actually preparing um, the church that we were in, had planted a church that we were part of that core group, and then we were going to be the second one. We were going to leave the second church plant uh, out of there. And we were starting the the initial steps in that process, starting to build a team, you know, fundraise. And then um and then we got a, a call from Southeastern Seminary for Keith to to consider a faculty position. Here and so we sort of stopped the process, but obviously, if you're moving in one direction, you don't just drop it, you know, like a hot potato. You, we it took about four months. It took uh, it was a few visits here, several, um, several conversations uh, in every direction to really begin to see the Lord is, is leading us here. And there were some things that happened in that planting process that we can look back now and say, okay, now we see what the Lord was doing and and preparing us for. But yeah, so we came here for him to teach theology. And, um, and then he has played several roles uh, in the administration here during that time. And then I, I worked at Southeastern some uh, for about five and a half years that, that we were here. Um, But when, when we came, it was for him to teach.
1: All right. So just speaking about what kind of some of the things you've done, you've served Mm -hmm. in a lot of different roles in ministry. Did you ever have, as you look back on your life, was there a certain time that you think, okay, I'm called to ministry. The Lord wants me to serve like in ministry. Do you feel like that's kind of been your, would you even say, yeah, I'm called? I mean,
0: like, how do you think about that? Yeah, Um, I definitely would say I was, was called to ministry. It was an, it was kind of an unfolding. So it came when I was, um, in college, it kind of came onto my radar screen when I was in college and I was a politics major. And what I wanted to do was, uh, for my career was to work on Capitol Hill. Um, I was just certain that's, that's where I was headed. And then I got, um, I got to the stage where it was time to do an internship. I'll, everyone did this around junior year. And I had gotten really involved in working with, uh, the youth, uh, working with students at my church, specifically with the the high school girls, and it came time to do the internship. And I, the idea of leaving, even for six weeks, to go work in a you know legislative office, I just could not fathom it at that point. And wow. so, and so I dropped my plans to go intern in D.C. in in favor of an internship at my church. And I can remember thinking, why on earth did I just do this? Like that is not, you know, career wise, right, right. I'm not, I'm not building the networks I need to build, you know, what, what am I doing here? And then the following year, I decided to go do another one at another church. So I, I knew like the Lord is, was doing something in my life. Like that, that's where I wanted to be it was in ministry spaces. But at that stage, I honestly didn't even know what, Opportunities were available uh it for for me in ministry space, so I met Keith during all of that time and he was headed to uh he was headed to seminary at Southern Seminary in louisville so then when we got uh we got married and I moved to Louisville, he had already been there uh we had long distance relationship and so he was a single student for for a time and when i moved up there at that stage i still didn't know what doors might open for me so i just was looking for a job and i got a job at southern seminary um we just needed we just needed to pay the bills at that stage and then it just unfolded and what what was really special over the last um 23 years at, at this stage is that the things that I had studied in college, and you know my my politics major I focused a lot on political philosophy and understanding how systems work mm-hmm. and how to work within them um and so what I have ended up doing in the communication space um really i I applied a lot of that uh that expertise and and training, but I got to do it you know uh, for the you know, churches working together for the Great Commission. So it was really special when I stepped back and thought, okay, I had this calling to ministry. I didn't really know if there was a place for me. And then the Lord just unfolded it that that I ended up getting to be in spaces where I could use that.
1: Well, I think it's so interesting because a lot of the roles you've had, you've worked in a lot of these, I guess, institutions. Um, I mean, you're on staff at a church right now. Right, right. Is this the first staff position you've had at a church?
0: It is. It okay. is. Now, um, now, I would say, you know, there was a, a span of time from uh, 2005 to 2010. Keith was a, a pastor at a, a church in Southeast Virginia, and um, that's when our kids were small. And, and it was kind of the the two of us. I was... Um, you know, most of the time I was uh, with, with them, but also was doing a lot of ministry alongside him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so definitely not my first time in local church ministry and giving lots of energy to that, but it is my first time to serve on a church staff.
1: And so. I feel like, um, your mind, the way God made you is, mm-hmm you know, when you just mentioned a minute ago, the processes and systems, I mean, if our listeners don't know, you were the first female parliamentarian, let me get this right, for the Mm -hmm. actual Southern Baptist annual meeting of the Southern Baptist Convention. Right. And so just to even have, I mean, tell everybody what that actually means, but just to even have that mind, I feel like is very unique and the Lord gifted you in that way, you know?
0: Yeah. So I think um, that just, that really came about because I um In my work that I had been doing at um, Lifeway first on the the team that I was on as we were were trying to make sure we were always ready for the annual meeting and prepared to interact and engage with um, constituents. And then at Southeastern, um, I just learned a lot about the system and the way that it worked, particularly at the annual meeting, because that's the moment when um, when entities come and are there to engage with uh, messengers from churches. And so then, I, so I was already doing that and trying to um, trying to help the entities where I served to be able to engage in that process as much as possible. But then in, in just people that I met and the, um, the chief parliamentarian, um, Barry McCarty, had uh had was was working on assembling a team uh, Ronnie Floyd was the president of the convention and in, in 2016 and i I actually did not know him very well at the time but I had connected with other parliamentarians more just getting to know people and um, And they were working to assemble a team and bring on some new people. There are always a a team. There's always a team of assistant parliamentarians because it just takes more than one. And uh, so it was 2016 that they asked. And uh, I did it for, I guess, I did it one, two, I did it for four annual meetings. And then I went on staff at the executive committee. uh, And I couldn't do it then because I had other I had other Other responsibilities that I needed to do for my job, but yeah, I did it for four annual meetings. And a lot of it is understanding how the system works, how the constitution, the bylaws and, and how that applies, particularly in those two days so that, um, so that the convention can do what they came to do. To keep it
1: orderly. It's a big deal. I mean, to, to, and I think what's fascinating is that the Lord made you not only to be able to do that, to have the mind to be able to do that, but to actually like it. Um, if I had to be in those <laughs> details, what, that, I would just that, be like, oh my goodness. That's
0: what people <laughs> never could understand. They're like, I can't believe you enjoy this, but I, I really did. And I, and I enjoyed serving on those teams a, yeah. a lot. So, Yeah.
1: Okay. So before we get into your chapter, one more question just about life now. You work as the executive, executive director of, of communications at Summit Church. Just tell us, I that's mean, right. we know you love your team. What does it look like uh, to serve in that role right now?
0: Yeah. So I have an incredible team of people. They're, they're uh, amazing and do all kinds of things from, uh, you know, focusing on weekend services and what those look like, um, on the creative side and on the messaging side, you know, we have, um, 12 campuses all across the triangle here in the Raleigh Durham area. And so, you know, it, it's nothing, it's is nothing is simple. You can't just say, Hey, we've got this event coming up. Let's make an announcement. You got to think through who makes the announcement, where, what things get, you know, yeah. slides, what, how does it, how does this information get sent out? So we think a lot about that week to week, but then also, um, our staff is is a a pretty significant size because of all those campuses and central ministries. And so I do a lot of work on internal staff communication. And then um, you know, and then it just as things come up, particularly the more people you have, you just want to make sure that you're able to communicate clearly. Um, you know one of the biggest challenges is that is always trying to remember that we have people meeting in different communities all over the triangle and so the information that we share with them needs to apply you know to to everybody and so just always trying to think through um, I visit a lot of our campuses on different weeks but you know most of most of the time I'm at sort of the one that's closest to my home and I always have to remember, it's not just those people in the room. There are people all, all over the place in 11 other, 11 other spots. So it's a, it's a really different uh, experience. Yeah. But we have, uh, it's just an incredible team of people that bring all of their gifts to uh, different aspects, aspects of that.
1: It's really encouraging to see all those yeah. people coming together for that one mission. Um, yep. I mean, how big is Raleigh-Durham? That triangle must be pretty big. I mean, a lot of people... Goodness.
0: I don't know. I need to, I actually don't know off the top of my head, but it is, it is one of the fastest growing areas um, in the South right now, especially like Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, and then kind of the other surrounding. So where I live, which is in Wake Forest, you know, years ago, it used to be considered like, this is way out, but now Raleigh just has, it just keeps growing and expanding to where Every city and town just kind of runs into each other. You know, you don't really know where North Raleigh ends and Wake Forest begins, and it's kind of the same way um, as as all of them grow together. But it's a really neat place. It's got a great culture, and all the different towns and cities have kind of their own special, awesome. you know, ethos yeah. to them. So
1: and it's also really beautiful. I went out there a year ago, last March. Yeah, and you know, we live in the desert, and so. right? <laughs> Oh my gosh! For me, it was such a beautiful time. Everything mm-hmm. was blooming. It was spring. It was green. Oh, I it was love it. Magnolias everywhere. So it's like, okay, Lord, yeah, <laughs> I, I could go. I mean, call lots us. of trees. <laughs> lots of trees here. So, right. Okay. Well, let's talk about your chapter. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, You are the final chapter in the book. Um, And for our listeners, you guys have been hanging on this whole season. We've been through every uh, author. And now we get down to chapter 10, which is Amy's chapter, Developing and Growing Your Gifts. And I can't wait for listeners to get the book. They're going to see that really the book starts out... With a lot of the kind of foundation of theology of work, and it moves toward the practical. And so I mm-hmm. love how you get really specific into some practical things um, there at the end of your chapter about how to develop and grow your gifts. Um, but just I want to just start kind of broad. Like, what makes you passionate just about this topic in general?
0: Um, I don't know. I I love the idea of um of change and growth. And I'm a learner. I mean, I just love to learn new things. I love to read. I love to think about, I mean, I'm the one that will sit down and say, okay, I'm going to make a plan for my year. Now that doesn't mean I always follow everything about it, but I love to do it. I love to Mm -hmm. think about, um, what new things, you know, I can do or how I can, uh, can teach myself something. And um, and so personal enrichment has always been something that I've been drawn to, but I also have loved how, as I have come to uh, grow in my knowledge of just the Christian life, that it really is laid out as a, a process. I mean, we are being mm-hmm. formed, right. um, and so as we're oh, being yeah. shaped and formed, that's that's change. I mean, I I, I talk in their Second Corinthians three and four are two of my favorite chapters. And I love the idea that it says that when we are looking at the glory of the Lord, that we're being transformed into his, into his image from glory to glory. And the idea that he is actually making us look like Mm -hmm. Christ. And so what's incredible is that truly when we are, um, when we're in Christ, it's happening whether we like join in the pursuit of that or not. I mean, things are ha- things that happen in our lives are really doing something to shape us. Yeah. Um, and so when I think about like personal development or uh, leadership development in the uh, work space, I, I, I'm joining something that is already happening. Yeah, and so it's, it's really, it's really neat. I love that. It's like, well, God's already doing
1: this. I can either lean in and participate with him, right. be an active, willing participant, um, right. be about right. what he's doing, or I can I not. So I yeah. wanted to read um, just a little quote, um, mm-hmm. part of your chapter. You're talking about personal development and um, you know how it's been in the business world for a while, and now churches are starting to think about it more. And you say, while it may seem like a new trend, the reality is that development is part of what it means to be human. I mean, that statement alone, I love, Amy. As image bearers, people weren't meant to be stagnant. We're meant to grow and move forward. Growth is a given in the life of the Christian. In his second letter to the Corinthians, Paul wrote, and this is the verse you were just talking about, 2 Corinthians 3.18, we all with unveiled faces are looking in a mirror at the glory of the Lord. We're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. I kind of love the idea that this is the design As humans, Mm -hmm. the part of the design, part of being made in the image of God is is stepping into all that He wants us to be. It is flourishing. I mean, from the garden, um, we see that flourishing in life and growth, and all of that was part of the plan, not just for humans, but the earth in general. Um, And so what are some areas, as we talk about personal development, are there some areas you think... These are some categories in my mind that I want to move forward and growth in and that you see women around you thinking the same thing.
0: Right. Um, I mean, first of all, like like the beginning of the paragraph says, I mean, we're kind of in a moment, a, a lot, of, a lot mm-hmm. of discussion is out there about leadership development. Um, when you go into the bookstore, you see these like massive sections of whether it's self help or personal development, you know. Um, so it is a very, um, it's a very current thing that, that many people are excited about. And so the, the idea that I love is that spiritual formation is part of the life of a, of a believer. And that honestly, our development in our areas of giftedness, they go hand in hand. Like it's not, this is my spiritual life and this is my professional life. That's mm-hmm. not really what it's about. Um, we're growing as a whole As whole people, like as a whole person. And so, um, so particularly for believers, and, and it it can be different, because I know, um, for me, I'm in the ministry space. So that that's easy, like, it's all kind of happening together at once. But even for women who are in a work, in a workplace situation where they may be the only um, follower of Christ, that can be very easy to compartmentalize. But I think what we're supposed to understand is this is this is all kind of one thing together and even how we develop in our skill set is actually done hand in hand with how we are developing spiritually. And what I what I think we can think about growing in would be our own areas of giftedness, the the place or the ways that the Lord has designed us, has called us, the skills he's given us, and then also what we know we're called to be, which is disciple-making disciples. And so learning how to sort of do that at the same time, um, thats uh, I think that's really important. And I think that's also where we we find when we separate those out, it almost can be like, well, when I'm working on my own professional skills, you know, personal ambition, like I'm just doing this for myself can start to creep in as well. When we, when we do this as the whole person, it also begins to say, well, what's my ambition? My ambition is actually for the kingdom and that what I'm doing is part of, uh, fulfilling his mission. You know, whether that is that I'm doing something in, um, the business world that, is, uh, is contributing in a certain way. And as I do that, I'm living as a believer in that, in that space, or if it's, you know, in the ministry world where I am. So I, I think the, the biggest conversation that I love being a part of is how to do, do all that together. I love that. I love
1: that. I, I mean, what you just said, the whole integration of those, what we would say, you know, spiritual development, and then those, quote, professional development. I mean, we are a one human person, <laughs>
0: right. right? right,
1: I mean, the Lord, it, He's not looking at us in like little segments, right? And yeah. so all of our lives are meant to be offered to Him as worship. And yeah. I love that even the things we're good at that might be considered professional, I mean, He gave us mm-hmm. those gifts to, to do well in that area. And so when we say, okay, Lord, I'm going to hone this gift. I'm going to take this class or I'm going to listen to this podcast or whatever it right. is. I'm going to really lean in because I recognize and other people affirm to me, I'm good at this. It's a way, instead of being about the personal ambition, it is really a way to say, okay, you made me this way, God, I want to honor right. you in this right. and then be the best I can be for for you because you put it that's in right. me, right? And mm-hmm. so why wouldn't he want us yeah. to really steward that well, you know? So I think that's really encouraging and honestly, very motivating, Right. So, what do you think is keeping a lot of women, maybe in particular, from really doing that? From saying, you know, I, I want to be more proactive in sort of my mm-hmm. own development. What What are you seeing?
0: You know, that's a great question. I I think there can be a hesitation. You know, sometimes we can struggle to take initiative. We there there may be a confidence you know yep. gap there that. Yeah. you're afraid to step out. Is it okay for me to, to do this, to, to grow in this way? I think there's even a, um, you know, I, I, I've already brought up ambition. There's a desire to be humble. Like, is it too, yes. is, is it presumptuous for me to step out and pursue this? And, um, and yeah. I think growing and learning is never presumptuous. Like now yeah. if you, if we begin to assume, okay, if I do this, therefore I am entitled to have exactly what I want. That's different. That's where humility has to come in. I think when we, when we start to say just growing and developing, and why do I do what I do? It's because I want to make things better. Um, where, where I am, mm-hmm. um, then yeah. that it's never in vain. Like it, it really isn't. Yeah. And so I think, um, I, I think we can either because we, we are trying to not like i don't want to i don't want to assume you know too much or because we're just afraid we're nervous yeah uh, about about stepping out there um and i and i have come to learn as well and i've gotten encouragement in these spaces through the years that you know if you just pursue learning something kind of just you know whether it's take a class or read a book or you know anything like that you don't know where that's going to be used down the road one day, but it's not wasted time to, to do that. So yeah. just go ahead, you know, yeah, but yeah. I think I, I, there's a lot of reasons that we can also, you know, life is, uh, it can get so crazy. And I think um, one thing I have learned is the importance of giving yourself, um, giving yourself grace during seasons. And the idea that, you know, you don't have to do everything all at once. So things that I truly did not have the time to pursue at certain seasons of life, whether it was the age of my kids or whatever, what was going on that, that was okay. Um, And I could pick it up, you know, down the road. And so just, just being able to, to accept that also the, the kind of shifting seasons. I think
1: that's huge. And I think a lot of I think I agree with everything you just said. Um mm-hmm. I think too for women in maybe that busy motherhood season, you really do feel like I don't have time and you right. and, and and then but a lot of times we take it a step further and we're like, Well, I've got a it's it's almost like a sacrificial idea of like no, I all of my energy needs to, I'm going to lay it down for these humans, which is right. great. I mean, serve them or whatever, but yeah. sometimes we can actually do that. We would have capacity and space to learn and grow, but we, we've we pushed that down a little bit for the sake right. of a type, a form of humility, but maybe the Lord wants us to push through that a tiny bit. And,
0: and here's the thing too, there's a, you can be creative as to what development looks like. Like there, when we first moved to North Carolina, I um, I was at that stage, I scaled back. I was working part-time, doing a lot to get the kids adjusted, but um, we were in a, a school that had just started, and I, um, at that stage, they needed people to be officers of the brand new PTA. Well, the reality is I spent a lot of time with that group of people during that year, and I kind of approached that as leadership development, like yeah being part of that team. So also realizing that when you're in different spots, you always have opportunities to grow and develop. Maybe it's that you are listening to a podcast while you're sitting in the carpool line. Maybe it is that the way that you're serving in your kids' um, school or in their life is actually an opportunity for you to be around others who help develop you or to To grow and develop in the areas you know that that you want, so th- there can be a little bit of creativity and sort of taking um, advantage of the season that you're in and the space you're in to say, I'm not taking a break from growing. I'm right. just this is I'm growing here. I'm growing right here. And one of the things, just when you were
1: mentioning when you were speaking uh, a minute ago, I was thinking about growing in the space of even just hobbies. This is a whole thing yeah. we don't really think about, but. Part of the way God designed us is to work and rest. I mean, we see that right from the beginning in the garden, right? That rhythm of six days of work, one day of rest. And even just learning, you know, whatever you're into. I mean, there was a season I was really, really into like embroidery. Like I have an embroidery Mm -hmm. machine. And it was, it was so life-giving to me to spend time just being creative in that way. And like you said, I mean, the Lord is never going to waste that. I mean, you have Mm -hmm. no idea, even if it's just for your own enjoyment. you're somehow you're going to be able to serve somebody or love somebody through even those kind of things that might not seem all that important, you know? Um, I don't know. I just, I want women to also feel freed up to just enjoy life, like grow and enjoy, you know,
0: absolutely. Like I love to cook cook. and I love to read. And so, um, growing in kind of learning new ways, uh, to cook things or, you know, stuff like that, that's still that's creative development. That is learning new skills, and so um, so you. I, I think you should see the opportunity in every every pursuit.
1: And Amy, don't you love public libraries?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. I'm just like yes. I, you
1: walk in there. I mean, one of the areas I want to. I haven't. I've I've checked out some books. Actually, bought some books just on poetry. I just want to yeah. read more poetry. I want to yeah. learn about it. And it's like, oh my gosh, you walk in the library, it's like, oh my god. I could learn so much if I just read these right, books, right? Right, right. Very interesting. Okay, so you talk about growing in leadership, and this is one area for sure. Women have been hesitant, um, in some mm-hmm. circles at least, as as women in particular. It's like, well, am I allowed? Am I, should I? Can I? Are people going to view me um, as going too far in the direction right. of, am I going to usurp some authority because I'm a woman I talk about that a little bit and
0: yeah that's yeah. a that that's a tough one that can pop in and make you feel like is it okay for me to to develop in this way and the reality is when we're called to be disciple making disciples that means there is an element of leadership and influence that comes in that you know Paul says follow me imitate me as I imitate Christ Um, I've applied this some, when I think of talking to my kids, which is my son and my daughter, when we would talk to them about, um, about their friends, their peer groups and not, you know, not caving into peer pressure and making bad decisions. We didn't just say, don't follow the crowd. We said, you be a leader. Like if, um, if if the crowd is maybe, mistreating someone Mm -hmm. it's not just hey don't join in with them it's actually like you show a different way you you um chart a course that they can see that you're a different person so it's that illustration for me kind of applying it um in, in this way we all can develop as leaders now do we look and say um that we see particular um design in the home or in the church where there are roles of leadership, where we are submitting to um, pastoral authority things. Sure, but that doesn't mean that we aren't leaders and influencers in many, many spheres. And there, is, there are so many types of leadership as well. Leadership also doesn't always look like stepping up and being the one at the front. Cause I think other people think too, my personality type Definitely. is not drawn to that, but people lead by example. They lead by teach. you know, being able to, to teach how to do something. There are all kinds of ways, um, that leaders work. And so when we have, um, we have taken this reality, we've taken this gospel that we know that Christ has come um, to pay the price for our sins, that he's risen from the dead, that he's now uh, uh, working in the world through his Holy Spirit. He's coming back for us. We've joined in that. That actually means that we are on mission with him. So the idea that we are part of a movement, um, I don't, that's where I say we can't resist. Growing and being people that we're going to say, you know imitate me as a, as I imitate Christ so i I just um I, I consider the fact that we're always supposed to be reaching people with the gospel. that means that these gifts you know that that come in uh, being people of influence are for everyone.
1: I have several thoughts as you're talking. One, I want to recommend people to the book we just read for book club, which is going to sound opposite of what you're just talking about with leadership, but it's called The Call to Follow, and mm-hmm. they talk about all this how you really, of course leaders are essential um in various spheres and everything, but you can't even be a good leader if you're not a good follower of Christ, and how even yeah. the people that um are leaders, especially in the Christian, you know, as believers, I mean we're fo- following Christ, we're all followers, right? Right, right. Um, and I will tell you, I think that for myself, and I wonder if a lot of women listening will be in a situation where, you know, people are chatting, maybe like I'm thinking of just maybe some of the my friends, my kids, uh, like their um, friends' parents, right? Mm-hmm. Or you'll be in conversation with someone and I will internally minimize what I could contribute either to the conversation or maybe it's not even just a social setting. Maybe, you know, I'm thinking like sharing Christ with these people or, you know. Mm -hmm. um, But I will minimize the fact that what I could speak or how I could love or serve is not that important. Right. It doesn't really matter. I'll just let that pass because
0: it's just, it's not that big a deal, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you and, and you kind of can box yourself in. So I'll use my mom as a great example. Um, I think, and I don't know for sure, but I think if you asked my mom, are you a leader? She would probably say, I, I don't know, probably not. Like she would, she, would, she would point to my dad. I mean, my dad was, um, his job was in administration. And so I don't know if she would identify herself as that. But the truth is, um, she was in her time, she's retired now, but in her time, she was regarded by many people as one of the best um, first grade teachers in her school district, in her county, and specifically was incredibly gifted at teaching children how to read. So if you put her in a setting where she's talking about like childhood development or what it means she could just start talking and rattling off all of her expertise and her her gifting and now she actually does a lot you know in her church teaching children and so if you were to say because we often will box in like are you a leader mm-hmm. and people will think no I, I'm not because we define what that is and so you you do minimize you will kind of hang back but the reality is everybody's been given a certain set of gifts that they can bring you know into right. in, into the the conversation and not not feel afraid
1: yeah and recognize like in that moment recognizing oh i could speak up that's right and this it I would make a difference yeah right.
0: And and believing that, you know, that's right. And beginning to recognize this isn't half, this isn't about advancing yourself. This is about helping. Yeah. Like I have something, I have something that can help here. Mm
1: -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so,
0: uh, so you, you, you're able to step up in that moment.
1: Okay. So You mentioned in the chapter that in the past you had struggled with imposter syndrome. So tell us, um, we've talked about this before a little bit on the podcast with Elise Mm -hmm. Fitzpatrick. She came on and shared a tiny bit about it. But um, what is that? And then how you talk about like, really, you got over that or, you know, grew through that um, through your relationship with just knowing God. And so I'd love for you to just help our listeners in that way.
0: Yeah, so imposter syndrome is basically where you think I'm not up for this task and you think I I I've been put into something or in a moment and I am like uh the, at some point everybody's going to figure out who I really am and they're going to say, "Oh, we weren't supposed to be we 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 shouldn't have put her in this spot." Um and that was a big struggle and I actually had a leader in my life um who said something to me when I moved into a particular position, said something to me about this can, this may be a real challenge. So you need to look out for this. And wow. it did, it did, it did happen for me. Um, and so a couple of things that were, were really important. Um, one is really beginning to lean into what it means to have your identity in Christ to, to recognize that, um, that he looks at me through the righteousness of Christ, that God sees me in, in that way. And that's who I am. And that the reality of what's happening in the world is his mission. Um, and that when he calls me to something, I I am, I am in a greater thing that he's doing in the world. And so my confidence comes in, in that. Um, and then, you know, I I had a moment one time and, and actually it was the same person who had helped me. It it was, I, I was, I was at a meeting that that leader had asked me to to be a part of, and um, he and the, there was a bunch of people there, and he invited me to join a group at this table to discuss an issue, and I remember thinking in my mind, um, I don't know if I should be here, and I had to kind of coach myself in that moment that I actually had to say, Amy. Um, this leader, he invited you to be here. He invited you to come to the table. Um, you need to rest in that. If he's asked you to do something, trust that and just participate. You don't have to say too much. You don't have to, um, you, you know, you don't have to like try impress. to, <laughs> just be yourself and be a part. And, um, and I, as I, as I did it, I began to realize my, Oh, I, I can do this, you know, it's okay. And my confidence built. And I also began to understand that everybody around me had similar things. You know, a a lot of times everybody at the table is having a moment, like, why am I here? And so um, beginning to really, to really see your identity in Christ and in what he's called you to, and then just doing, just doing your best, just doing your, doing your best in, in the moment. Um, but that's a, it's a hard, it's a hard hurdle to overcome. And the self-awareness knowing this is what's happening um, helps that. Cause it, you know, you, you just have to remind yourself.
1: Yeah. Um, I think too, a lot of times we get in a situation, just take the one you mentioned. I'm at this table, mm-hmm. you know, you've been invited to this table and you don't feel qualified. I think that we forget, well, the Lord knew you were going to be invited to that table. You're not, you're not right. at that table apart from some knowledge that is apart from Christ. Like, like he knew you were going to be there. And so he's with you and he Mm -hmm. just the resources that he has, um, and the power of the spirit in you. I mean, you're just, that brings me so much comfort. It's not like we're just out here living life apart from God, not knowing what's going on. Right. I mean, he's with us. Yeah.
0: And, and recognizing that it it's also okay at the beginning of something new to be a learner. Absolutely. So, I, you know, um, you know, you you talked about when I was a, a parliamentarian that first year that I did that, I did not say a whole lot, but I also didn't sit there like the whole time. All I'm thinking of is I'm scared to talk. Like I didn't think exactly. about that. What I did is I I thought, okay, I've been invited to be in this room. I'm going to learn as much as I possibly can. And then when they ask me to do something, when they give me a task, I'll go do it. Even if it's just to take notes. Um, uh, that, that year I took notes during one of the sessions to make sure we had all the wording right as people brought amendments. And so if that's my task, I'm going to do it and I'm going to try to do it as well as I possibly can. And then I'm going to soak everything in. And so that the first day, I didn't do much other than just ask questions. Um, But that also developed me for the next time around the next year I came with more, with more knowledge. I came knowing what to study, you know, as, as it was approaching. And so realizing that I don't have to have the pressure to be knocking it out of the park at the beginning either. I just know um, I've been invited. I have a right to be here because I have been given this opportunity And so now I'm going to grow, you know, as, as I, as I do this.
1: And do you ever, um, sometimes I think about this with, um, interviewing for a job or Mm -hmm. writing a resume. Let's say that, you know, you're in a situation and you think, oh no, I I don't have what it takes. Right. Right. But then if I look back at maybe some of the former experiences or former prep work that I did years ago, we talk about not wasting anything. I, sometimes my husband will be like, no, Courtney, you've done this and this and this. Yeah. And it's like, I had put those experiences or that learning in a certain category and didn't realize, oh no, that actually transfers over here.
0: It does. Yeah. You
1: know, sitting in that spot, it's like, oh, you can actually draw from things you don't think you can draw from.
0: That's right. And this is where doing things in community and supporting one another becomes really key because I don't, I've never done um, anything, whether it is, um, when i've been applying for a job or if i you know sometimes you just have to give your resume for things that you're uh that that you're going to be a part of that i will run it by a friend who knows me very well and maybe my husband and say will you will you look at this how does this sound? First of all, I don't want it to sound too presumptuous, but also, I mean, one of my uh, closest friends who knows a lot of the things I've done, she'll come back and say, what are you doing? You didn't list this or this or this or this, you know, and I've done that for other people too. And so I I think that's one place where um, we can help each other to be able to draw some of that out. And say you you need to list this. They want to know about that, right? Um, and so I I always challenge people don't don't do things like that by yourself. Like get get friends to help you uh, to see some of those gifts. That's and really wild. them
1: Well, you mention in your chapter a mentor you had, uh, Selma mm-hmm. Wilson, and in yes. fact I think Faith Watley also. I don't know if she called oh. her by name in her chapter, but Selma.
0: Yeah, we need to have Selma. Selma on. <laughs> yeah, Selma has like she's been a mentor to so many people. And, and for me, uh, she was more of the mentor that I I watched. Like I worked really near uh, her office. And so it wasn't like I got lots of time, you know, regular time with her, but I just got to watch her. And she in that way was a mentor to a lot of people because she was, I believe the first female vice president at Lifeway. Um, And so everybody was kind of watching to see how does she do this? And, um, and Selma is such an incredible person that you look and say, um, I want, I want to, I want to do this the way she did it. Yeah. Um, So, uh, so I'm not surprised. And I, I I would imagine (laughs) she faith because I'm pretty sure she, I don't know if she called her
1: by name, but she definitely referenced her in her chapter. So she, there was a certain thing she told you or you heard her say that was really important. So tell our listeners what that was.
0: So I heard her say it a number of times. I heard her in a a breakout session somewhere that I sat in on, and then I talked to her about it. Some she, I've heard it several times and it was own your own development. So one of the things that she was talking about is a lot of times, um, for anyone in the professional setting, but a lot of times for women, women would be hesitant to if if no one gives me something to do um in in leadership development I, that I don't have anything like there's just nothing that I need to sit back you know passively and she was basically saying, "Be assertive in your own learning and growing, read books, listen to podcasts, go to things, take classes you know do do whatever." will help you grow and you know I always applied that too that I um I would take every opportunity that I had in front of me so one example that I give is when I was um I was an executive assistant in uh in an area that it was Lifeway Research and Ministry Development and Communications was in our area And so my boss was um, was on the executive leadership team at Lifeway. And so I was exposed to a lot of their conversations, their meetings. I was always around for it. And I I wanted to grow and develop so that one day I could be um, could be maybe in a, a, a different type of role. And so and then I also wanted to do well for my boss. So every time that the president, that Tom Rainer would send something out to the executive leadership team, like um, articles that they needed to read or whatever, and my boss would say, um, hey, can you print this out for me or can you get this for me? I would always do two. So I would get one for him and then I would get one for myself. And then when I had a free moment, I would read because number one, I wanted to know and understand what they were talking about so that I could serve in the best way. But also I was like, if this is what this, if this is what leaders in this company are discussing, if this is an area where they are growing, I want to grow in it too. Um, and so that was just a really simple, cause that was very specific, specific to our work. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and so it was like, yes, you can go and say, what's the latest leadership book? Also, what are air, in your area? For me, it's communications. For me, it's, you know, church ministry, What whatever, in your area and kind of jumping on the opportunities that you have. And so she basically was saying, don't wait for somebody to come and make a plan for you. Yeah. Go ahead and take the initiative yourself to become a learning and growing and developing leader. And that's where I talked about like none of that's wasted. Even if it's just you and a book, it's not wasted. Right.
1: And I, we, we're waiting for someone to invite us. We're waiting for someone to say, I see this amazing quality in you. And I think you should do this. And you know, if that happens, that's amazing. Um, but maybe it's it might not happen. Maybe you should just go ahead and take the initiative. Now, Amy, if I have been in your position and I'm making that second copy, I would feel, now this is just me, I would feel like, oh my gosh, do I have permission to be reading this? Am I allowed to be privy to this information? Did you ever feel like that? Like you were going to get caught for reading this? Or you were like, no, I'm totally, I have access
0: to this. I just like, figured, I mean, he told me to do it like. Yeah, yeah. Why not? You know, and these were just like, Hey, here's a Harvard business review article that applies okay. to what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, well, when was it hurt? Like it, it's no, good like for me that. to know everything I can about this company and, and to know everything I can about what, what they want to do and where yeah. their, where their goals are. So no, I, I just, and see. I think that just speaks to my own,
1: like having to get over like, no, like you don't, need permission to read a Harvard business review article. Like right. you don't need permission. You can read that on your own. Like you can own right. that Courtney. No, that's really good. And so how are you sensing these days? Um, just, you know, I'd love to just, if you would like to get personal a little bit, how the, the Holy spirit's really leading you to own your own development these days. Is there a certain area you're sensing? Wow. You know, I really, I'm sensing him wanting to lead me here.
0: Um, yeah. So I think as I had mentioned before, um the season of life we're moving into being sort of empty nest. I have a lot of like uh just down to books, I love biographies, I love history i have a, a lot of of areas that I've wanted to grow in in learning how um how leadership itself how how it's wired, how we often will look at particular aspects of leadership and think this is what makes a great leader, but really. The great leaders are ones that have all different kinds of, of qualities. And so I have, there's a a Japanese word, I think it's uh, pronounced sundoku and it is the word for, um, for, uh, buying more books or owning more books than you can read. (laughs) And so I have like acquired this, you know, large, um, stack of books that I, I want to, I want to grow in sort of understanding, um, what what makes a a good leader, and not just because I'm trying you know not necessarily even just for my leadership, but just even thinking about how we develop leaders where I am um and and how to work how to work with with great leaders and and so I have a large stack um and I think as we begin to think about what our life looks like, i mean the time all of a sudden we don't have practices to, you know right. or uh, other things. Uh, Gosh. I think that, I think that is coming, um, uh, a- ahead and I don't know. I mean, I always think about going back to school, um, maybe for some more, uh, graduate work, uh, but we'll see. We'll see about that.
1: Not sure. How fun. I love it. I love it. Well, Amy, I cannot wait for our, our, our women and our men. Hey, we want men to read this book as well. Um, to read your chapter developing and growing your gifts, have it printed out right here. Um, you really, you do such a good job in this chapter. It's really encouraging and it's also really practical. And, um, I really am praying the Lord will spur on our readers to really own their own development and get after it. There you go. All right. So as we close, Amy, is there one final word or piece of advice you would leave with women who want to honor God in their vocational calling?
0: Um, I think I would just say, uh, don't, don't hesitate. If he is calling you to something, um, step into that. Even if you don't know what, what it will look like, um, you are never, uh, you, you never are, um, you're never wasting your time mm-hmm. growing, uh, into the person that he has, uh, has called you to be. And then I think the other, you said one piece but I I'm giving to, okay. is that, um, don't separate those things out. Re- recognize that whatever he is developing you into is for him. It is yeah. for him and for his mission. And so don't feel like you have to live in two different, in two different boxes, your spiritual formation and your growth um, in, in your professional life or in in whatever you're doing. It's all one and the same.
1: That's excellent. That's
0: excellent. Third
1: piece of advice is buy this book. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's
0: right. Yeah.
1: Um, no, this has been great, Amy. Thank you. Um, Yeah, just thankful for you, for your life, how you're serving, how you've been serving and will continue to serve and uh, grateful that you're a part of this ministry. So thanks again for coming on. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today. Pre-order your copy of our book, Women in Work, Bearing God's Image and Joining in His Mission Through Our Work at the link in the show notes. And thank you for joining our mission here at Women in Work by making a one-time tax-deductible donation or by becoming a monthly partner at womenwork.net donate. If you haven't subscribed to the show, make sure you do that as well so you don't miss a single episode. And with that, we hope you've been inspired to more confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. See you next time.